This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. you look where Von Miller is? Well, yeah, I think we all have to know where he's at because he's such an explosive player. So you know where he's at on every play. And, you know, there's times where you've got double teams on him. There's times where he's single blocked. I mean, he's seen every block known to mankind at this point in his career. He's had all kinds of people scheming different things up. So, you know, it's going to come down to our execution and doing a good job of, you know, matching his tempo and his motor. He goes very hard. I mean, he's got 13 and a half sacks. And for someone that is really the center of attention and everybody's pass protection. It's pretty amazing that he can still produce that much. It's a second and ten. From the pocket, it's picked off, and it's Miller with the interception. Brady fields the snap from the eight. He's in trouble, and he's hit hard by Von Miller. Good eye on that matchup. Brady looking around, and he is taken down. On the outside, one side is DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller, and if you just keep putting your tackles one-on-one against these two guys, crowd noise, they're fast, they're going to get there quick. Gronkowski back out here for third and ten. And he is sacked yet again. It's Von Miller. He hasn't stopped running this entire game, most of the time in the direction of number 12. Gonna have to do something about Von Miller. Welcome back to Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I am Jimmy Murphy, your host, Bob Bartis, alongside Justin Sullivan, working the boards here on this frigid, frigid Friday in Nashua, in the southern New Hampshire, in, uh, I mean, pretty much all New England area right now. It is cold out there, and you know what? It's going to be cold in Denver as well. Come game time, 125 Mountain Time on Sunday in our... Good friend from Comcast Sportsnet New England will be uh, braving that cold as he covers the Patriots and the Broncos. Patriots and the Broncos. There we go. That's what happens every time we say Broncos on this show. Because they are known as the donkeys to us. And ought to talk about this big game. And I think revenge is best served cold, don't you guys? I think it is. What do you think, Phil A. Perry from Comcast Sportsnet New England? You know what, Jimmy? I actually won't be braving the cold out in Denver. I will be um, experiencing the uh, the the comfortable uh, but also frigid confines of uh, Burlington, Massachusetts, at our Comcast studios. Working from uh, the studio this weekend, but you said it. I mean, it's just ridiculous here. It's going to be ridiculous out there when it comes to the cold, and it's the reason why the Patriots practiced outside yesterday. I mean, that that was just. Um, complete insanity in my opinion and i think it made the players a little bit crazy you actually heard them laughing and cheering uh when these strong gusts of wind would come across the field and hit them all at once uh and it felt like they were almost even a little bit delirious uh at points just just watching those guys for a few minutes out of practice yesterday so they should be ready for it they they felt it a little bit today too as well they were they were in the bubble but they had the doors to the bubble open so they were a little um, you know, a little bit more of a controlled temperature today. It wasn't quite as bad as yesterday for them, but still pretty cold nonetheless. You know, it's interesting. I, I was going to bring that up to you, and one of the reasons was I was when I was driving up to the Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord, New Hampshire yesterday where we broadcasted, uh, I was listening to um, some clips from the, uh, the reunion they had for the uh, first Super Bowl team there. 
the ones that won in 2001, you know, two, they won in New Orleans, and that was a couple weeks ago, and, you know, the Rams are there. Um, so I was listening to that, and there was a part, I forget who it was, someone was talking about how the Thursday of Super Bowl week, Belichick put them through one of the toughest practices they had ever been through in their lives. And and it's rare that you ever a team ever does that. I mean, that stuff's usually done well before that. You usually have, you know, two weeks off, but this time because of nine eleven and what happened with the the week off of football after that, there was only one week between the championship games and the Super Bowl. But usually by Thursday they've they've gotten the tough practices out of the way. And he said, No, 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 no. And he felt I can't remember who the player is gonna kill me. It might have been Troy Brown. And he felt that this was one of the reasons they won that Super Bowl and they upset the Rams was because being out there and just going at it, full pads and everything, made them more physical. And I think it's a brilliant idea that Belichick did that again yesterday. I was hoping he would. When I woke up and it was that cold, I said, I hope the Patriots are practicing in this. That way they're going to be ready. That way they've got the real feel of it and everything. And it's not just running through drills and, and going over video. They're actually going to feel that pain of what they're going to feel on Sunday and so I think that's a great thing. And I think the other thing that, you know, has got to be pumping them up, whether they'll say it or not, Phil, but I want to get your take on this, is there's a revenge factor here. When you lose to a team twice in one season, there's a revenge factor, especially when it's a rival like Denver. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, obviously what happened last year leaves a bad taste in a lot of those guys' mouths. And um, I think for a lot of them, uh, they feel bad because they weren't even able to contribute in that AFC championship game. When you talk about guys like LeGarrette Blunt, Deion Lewis, and Nate Solder, key pieces to that offense that were out of the mix because of injury. And we know what the situation was last year with this Patriots offense coming down the stretch. Couldn't protect Brady hardly at all. He was uh, not only involved in that AFC title game, but you just have to go back to week 16 and week 17 against the Jets and the Dolphins. And they had trouble stopping those guys as well. It wasn't just Von Miller. Um, so, you know, a lot of issues last year and this year, the fact that, you know, a lot of those guys are back. The one obvious difference last year to this year is that you're, you've got no Rob Gronkowski if you're the Patriots this time around. But I would say on the whole, much healthier now than they were back then and much um, better equipped to, to handle what the Broncos will throw at them. And I think it's the Broncos team, while a lot of those pieces are the same, you have Von Miller, you have Marcus Ware on the edges, you have uh, Derek Wolf in the middle. Despite all that, it's, it's a team that's taken a little bit of a hit defensively in terms of its personnel. Uh, you know, Danny Trevathan, uh, one of their best linebackers last year, along with Brandon Marshall, no longer there. Left be a free agent. Brandon Marshall himself, he's injured. He's out, already been ruled out for this game against the Patriots. And then one of uh, you know their best linemen played right alongside Derek Wolf and had a better year than Derek Wolf last year as Malik Jackson. He left via free agency as well. So still a very talented defense. I haven't even mentioned to keep the lead in Chris Harris yet, but not quite the same defense that it was last year. And so you combine all those factors, the fact that the Patriots are healthier, uh, you know, just have more talent to throw at the Broncos' defense and the fact that the Broncos' defense has taken a little bit of a hit. It's two different teams, and, a, and it's a Patriots team that uh, is much more well-suited to, to handle whatever Denver's going to throw at them. Go ahead, Bob. Phil, what's the latest with Michael Floyd? So he was practicing today, first practice, in a Patriots practice jersey, wearing number 14. Steve Grogan. Steve Grogan, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> And, and people uh, will, will remember not so fondly uh, Chris Harper, also wore oh, that yeah. number. So, uh, that, that's hoping, the difference in age right there. Hoping <laughs> for a little bit of a, of a turnaround when it comes to uh, the recent history of those yeah. digits. Yikes. But he's a guy that brings you immediately size, explosiveness on the outside. Um, you know, It's a question of how quickly can he get up to speed in this offense so that he is at all. Uh, worthy of some playing time. And I would think that the odds are very low that he would contribute to this game this weekend uh, against the Broncos, but asked Bill Belichick about it today. Hey, is he going to be in uniform? Is there a chance? And he said, 
we'll see. But he did admit that Floyd's making the trip. And so you know, there are a lot of times where I think this has been overdone in these parts, that, you know, just talking about the New England uh, region in general, there's been sort of a, this myth that Bill Belichick doesn't travel guys if they're not going to play because it's, uh, it's a waste of space on the plane. It could be a distraction. What's the point? Yada, yada, yada. That's just not the case. We've seen guys that are injured make trips in the past because um, they serve as almost de facto assistant coaches at times. You know, guys like Vince Wilfork and Gerard Mayo. We've seen just this year Jacoby Brissett make the trip um, out to San Francisco. He was in Buffalo. He was in uh, New Jersey for the Jets game a few weeks ago uh, just so that he can absorb how things are done on the road and, and get a little bit more game experience even though he was on injured reserve. And I think even if Floyd doesn't play this weekend, again, I'm not necessarily expecting that to, to happen, and I don't think the odds are that good for that to happen. It'll still be valuable for him to make the trip and to see how the, the operation works when the Patriots are on the road because uh, he is going to have to go through this um, you know, later in the season. Maybe in the postseason, we'll see. Uh, and you would like to, to make sure that you kind of kickstart that adaptation process so that uh, when he is finally factored into this offense and, and becomes um, you know, a, a potentially significant piece of, of the offense, he's not also trying to figure out, okay, hey, what do we do uh, on the road? And, um, you know, where am I supposed to be? And, and uh, you know, what time does the bus leave? And, you know, all that sort of stuff. He's going to try to get some of that out of the way uh, this weekend. And it will also just be beneficial for him to spend time with players and the coaches because it's going to be a total cram session for him to try to pick up as much as he can of this Patriots playbook. And I'm sure that process, even though it's a game weekend and coaches and players uh, will have their focus on the Denver Broncos, uh, I'm sure there will be some time to try to get Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Michael Floyd up to speed with what is going on here in New England. Phil, I'm wondering, I haven't seen all the clips. Um, I just saw the part where I heard the soundbite where Belichick said, we'll see what happens when, when they're asked about how he thinks, you know, this, this may develop with Floyd and how he'll do here. But I'm wondering today, did anyone ask him directly, you know, look, it's, and I'm sure that, you know, there's more eloquent ways to put it, but I'll put it this way on the show, you know, we're in an NFL. This is an NFL, a league where many teams are willing to turn a blind eye to domestic abuse, to attempted murder, to much more serious offenses. And I'm not saying that drinking and driving isn't a serious offense by any means, but I'm just saying in terms of what teams are willing to forgive, it's it's interesting to me that the Cardinals – would just give up on him because of one drinking and driving offense since he's been with them, which leads me to believe there's much more to the situation than we know behind the scenes. And I'm wondering, was that broached at all with Belichick and what his response was? So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation. Obviously, it's a unique scenario where you have a former middle-of-the-first-round pick become available at this stage of the season because the team that drafted him gave up on him. Here's the deal, though. The Cardinals were out of it. Uh, losing record. Tough season. Tough season for, for Michael Floyd. 33 catches, four touchdowns. Down year for him in a, in a pass-heavy offense uh, that likes to push the ball down the field. Really should have been a perfect fit uh, for him, and it just wasn't this year. So uh, I think that forces you to ask yourself, okay, what was going on with this guy even before his arrest early Monday morning where he's found passed out uh, at the wheel, foot on the brake at an in- intersection in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, that much we don't know. Uh, I will say this, the reaction out of Arizona among his teammates has been total shock and disappointment. Um, it does not sound like the kind of guy that uh, you know was a, was a locker room cancer, quote-unquote, um, or was that at all even a, a weight? Mm-hmm. on that locker room just by his, his sheer presence, even though he, he did make uh, this mistake, and he has made mistakes in the past going back to his college playing days in Notre Dame. Uh, very well-respected guy, a hard-working guy by all accounts. Spoke to Logan Ryan today, uh, who worked out with Michael Floyd um, over the last few off-seasons down in Arizona. He goes to the Fisher Institute, as does Devin McCourty, as has 
you know, Darrell Revis and Tavall, other former Patriots. Um, but Logan Ryan feels at this point that he knows Floyd pretty well and says, look, he's a good guy, he's a hardworking guy. And so, you know, I, I don't think there are a whole lot of reservations in terms of um, his in-the-locker-room, on-the-field character. It's, does he have a drinking problem? That's clearly been the, the trend with this player. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of his off-the-field incidents, it, they all revolve around alcohol. And so um, is it something that he can get under control? Is it something that you know he needs treatment for? I think these are all questions uh, that need to be broached. But they're also the kinds of questions that the Patriots would do their due diligence on before bringing in a player like this. That's what I'd and imagine. So whether it's Charlie White, who has a who has a history with Floyd, who recruited him to Notre Dame and spent a couple of years with him uh, at Notre Dame, or whether it's other coaches, other players around the league that have spent time with Floyd. Um, you can be sure that they've, they've done their homework. And, you know, while there are certainly question marks and the only reason he was available was because he did make a stupid mistake, uh, you know, the, the, the combination of the talent, the need that the Patriots had at the position, and whatever information they got from whatever sources they have all came together and they just decided that, yeah, it's only three games, but they're paying the guy $1.2 million. This is significant investment on their part, and they have to feel pretty good about it, again, even though, He's available for one reason and one reason only, and that's because he's screwed up. Interesting, yeah. And I, I would think of all teams, the Patriots, of course, would have uh, their team looking into it, their team uh, staff looking into that. Uh, quickly, before you let you go here, Phil, uh, I said it earlier to our friend Adrian Dater, who's a, a former uh, New Hampshire native, New Englander. He, he's covered uh, the Avalanche now. He's lived in Denver for a while, so we thought it'd be a fun day to talk to him. And we were just talking about how it seems every time, no matter who's a quarterback or how good each team is, it doesn't matter. Every time the Patriots are in Denver, something out of the ordinary happens to them within the game. Whether they shoot themselves in the foot with a bad penalty or uh, a missed call or somebody gets hurt. It just, some, some bad break is always bound to happen to the Patriots when they're in Denver. So that being said... Do you think that the players that have had this experience and have been through it, especially the ones obviously last year, twice were there, and they did have some bad breaks, do they tell each other, look, guys, if and when that moment happens again, and it, and it likely will because this is the Patriots in Denver, uh, we need to be really even keeled. And, and do you think that's one of the themes going into this game right now? It's such a loud place. It's a, It's always a big game. How key is it? Do you think right now for them to just maintain that even keel of emotions? I think it's key every week when you go on the road, and and you mentioned it, especially in Denver. But I'm honestly I'm not sure that they'll put um, you know more focus on that area, Jimmy. I think wh- where they might put a little bit more focus is specifically dealing with the the somewhat tangible. Threat, I guess you could call it, of the crowd noise. That's the one thing you know about Denver, and the one thing that you can, you can in some ways simulate. You can't simulate the altitude. You you can try to just practice in the cold, like we talked about, because you know it's going to be cold out there. Um, but one thing you can do is, you know, as well is you can pump up the music and you can let that rip, and you can try to. Um, work your offense in an environment that is uh, not conducive to good communication. And that's, that's, again, that's one thing you know you're going to get in Denver every time. I think one way they're a little bit better suited to deal with that this year um, versus last especially is, and and maybe even going back a few years, you know, this uh, they've always had smart offensive linemen, um, but from everybody you talk to, David Andrews in his second year as, as uh, a Patriots center, and you know he started the first half of last year, and then he eventually lost his job to Brian Stork, but really won that competition this year, and it led to Stork's release. And um, you know Stork is, is still out of the league at this point because he's dealing with some head, head issues, or he has had to. David Andrews is one of the smarter players in that locker room already in his second year. Tom Brady trusts him implicitly, and he's someone who really handles the silent snap count extremely well, and much better than Brian Stork, it's safe to say. And that was one issue they had last year was that Vaughn Miller and Marcus Ware could tee off on the Patriots because they knew when the snap was coming and because the Patriots had to really simplify that 
force Stork and the rest of that offensive line. I think with Andrews, with the continuity that they've had with those starting five guys up front, they're going to be able to mix it up a little bit. The running game will help this as well. But just the fact that those guys are so used to playing with each other, the fact that David Andrews has taken yet another step, a guy who already came into the league used to play in a possible environment in the SEC, I think all those things will help the Patriots deal with that crowd noise so that when things do get funky in Denver, as you said, they always do, uh, they'll they'll have the plan in place to be able to at least, um, if not necessarily keep their cool, at least be able to, to execute at a level um, that is conducive to, to just being a little bit more consistent than they were last year. That's what they need is consistency. Yep, I'm with you, and I it's, it's funny you bring up the offensive line. I was going to do the same thing because – Brady is 2-6 and six in Denver. In one of those wins in 2003, guess who the offensive line coordinator was? Uh, 2003, the offensive line coach would have been Dante Tarnecki. Exactly, and he is back now. So maybe that's yeah. a, maybe that's a good luck charm there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know what? He's had his – even when not on the road, Broncos at home, Broncos in Denver – you know, Skarnecki has a pretty good track record. He's a guy who's been there before, so that's a huge addition. Well. Exactly. Hey, listen, Phil, enjoy the game, my friend. Always a pleasure. We'll get you on down the line, and Merry Christmas to you and yours, all right? All right. Merry Christmas, Jimmy. Thanks, man. All right. That is Phil A. Perry of Comcast Sportsnet New England. I just got a message from uh, what was scheduled to be our next guest. It's Cole Wright of NFL Network. Uh, he is going to have to switch out of that segment. He will join us in the final segment of the show. So we have a, a free open segment right now. We can uh, kind of bounce it around. If you want to call up and join us, 603-883-9900, 603-883-9900. The Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with November's Male Student Athlete of the Month, Jaruk Hassan from Bedford High School. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a senior? This year as a senior has been very crazy football-wise, like winning at an OT versus Merrimack. What schools are you looking at? I'm looking at Northeastern, St. Lawrence. It's a lot of good educational schools in New England. What are you looking to major in? I'm looking to go into pre-med. How excited are you about D1 Football State Champions? Congratulations. Thank you so much. Our whole team is definitely very excited. It's the first one in BHS history for football to actually come out with a win this year. It's incredible. And definitely to be a captain of that team and finally put that banner up. Tell me a little bit about your volunteer work. During the summer, I was a volunteer at the LA Hawks. I did a lot of volunteer with the National TV, so like HRC, FBI, part of the National Society goal. So there's a lot of volunteer work that I have to do with them. Like volunteer for blood drives. And I actually put on a dodgeball tournament last year for the Children's Miracle Network. We donated like around $1,000 with what inspires you to participate in all this volunteer work? I know a lot of people need our help, though. I just try to get back, try and do my part, and just volunteer my time. Is there anything else that you can really say that you got out of going to school in Bedford? Privilege to play sports here. It's amazing because all the coaches, they really care about you. Coach Stanks, like, I look at him like as my best friend, but when it's time to you know put on the pads, then he's definitely there to coach you up, too. So the teachers are amazing. They really care about you. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. 
With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th at Nashua High School South. This year's event features girls and boys teams from Nashua South, Nashua North, Alvern, Sauhegan, Milford, Goffstown, and Merrimack, along with special appearances from the famous Chick-fil-A Cows. Games start at 10 a.m. each day, and tickets are available at the door. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th. More info at nhsportspage.com. It's the year-end holiday event going on now at North End Mazda in Lunenburg. From now until January 3rd, get 0% financing for 63 months on all 2016 Mazda vehicles in stock. Make no payments until March and get a $250 gift card just in time for the holidays. Like the new 2016 Mazda 3i, the new 2016 Mazda 6i, or the new 2016 Mazda CX-5. Over 350 vehicles in stock. You're one click away from great holiday savings at BuyNorthEndMazda.com. See dealer or go to BuyNorthEndMazda.com for details. Offer ends January 3rd. Do you feel like you've been benched or sent down to the minors? Are you paying the correct amount of child support? Let a team of experts help you out. That team is Bartis Law. There is nothing more important in your life than your kids. You wouldn't cut corners for them? Don't cut corners on your legal representation. Don't show up without your starters. Going to court without an attorney is like playing without a coach and without a playbook. Let Bartis Law get you back in the huddle so we can call the play. Call Bartis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bartislaw.com. Game plans. That's how you handle tough opponents. So, when you're up against cold weather, make sure your game plan starts with a dependable, proven, tough Duralast battery. That's why AutoZone is the only place that carries a full range of Duralast batteries. They're designed to deliver more power during startup and stand up to even the harshest conditions and temperatures of 40 below zero. Cold weather's coming, so out-tough the temperatures with a Duralast battery. Proven tough and available only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Are you tired of that same old hairstyle? Do you find yourself pacing up and down the hair care aisle looking for that right look? Now is the time to let Fausto from Manchester give you that new look. Fausto will transform your look from the same old same to show-stopping in one visit. Call or text Fausto today at 603-674-7255. That's 603-674-7255. Call now before the holidays pass you by. Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice two. two. And now you're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no, it's just... And What's this guy, wrong with you? Yeah, this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns' residence in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Ooh, three states, come on. Weekdays, noon to three, on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Sports, how about the Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, Celtics? Hear them all on ESPN New Hampshire. On ESPN New Hampshire, as we get you ready for Patriots, Broncos, Patriots, Broncos. A Donkey Kong and ACDC together. Interesting. 
Bob Bartis alongside me here. I'm Jimmy Murphy, your host, and Justin Sullivan working the boards. It's a Friday, and uh, we're supposed to usually talk to Cole Wright of NFL Network at this time, but Cole uh, is uh, dealing with some last-minute meetings at NFL Network right now as they get a show ready revolving around the return of one Adrian Peterson to the Vikings lineup. Interesting there. That's another good reason we took the Vikings yesterday, Sully. We both are on the Vikings against the Colts. Uh, That's a little early for him to come back, right? Wasn't there talk he should sit out one more week? I think there was, but uh, There was talk for last week of the season against the Packers. right. He is coming back, and the Vikings could definitely use him, but not sure what the point is at this at this time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're he, done. He wants to come back, I guess. He, yeah, he good said, for him. He said it himself too. He was is, on, I don't know what what radio station, but he said it on radio that he was yeah. coming back today in an interview. So maybe maybe his kids got boxing gloves and he's kicking I'm, the crap out of him, uh, and he can't take it anymore. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a performance bonus or some uh, quota incentive. Ding 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 yeah, ding. Yeah. ding ding ding. Yeah. <laughs> News flash. This, this guy, just in. This, yeah, that has to be it. <laughs> I think his kids just stood up to him. That, that zing, zing, it. zing. But uh, anyhow, we have been talking plenty of Patriots donkeys here on the show. And we were talking earlier, though, uh, when we were discussing hockey and backup goalies and one Anton Hudobin, who has uh, just, he's been brutal this year for the, for the Bruins. And it stinks because, like I said, he's a great guy. He's a comical guy. Um, and he reminds me a lot of a goalie, and we found the name. It's Ilya Briskalov. He was a goalie with the Ducks, had a lot of success with the Ducks, some with the Flyers, and he was with the Flyers, I believe it was the 2011 or 2012 Winter Classic. And, of course, uh, at the time, it, it was HBO was doing it. They did the show 24-7. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to my memory is is going here when Guy Hebert was playing for the Ducks was that was this guy replacing Oh no no this is that Guy Hebert's way 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 before, before way before yeah, yeah, right yeah. I'm trying to think who no, was there I don't know who was, the goalies were in between clean. this guy was there probably 2010 to 13 okay that's a, I, that's why I brought yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm there's a gap I'm missing so but he was a he was a space shot in all senses of the word and he had some uh, interesting stuff to say one time during an interview on 24-7, and, and we thought it would be fun to listen to right now. So here you go. Good job, boys. Good coverage. His personality is, is a little bit different, um, but I really enjoy him. You know, he's a, he's a funny guy. He was telling me today about uh, the universe. I don't know. Right now, I'm very into the universe, you know, like how it was created, you know, like what is it, you know. The solar system is so humongous big, right? But... If you see the like our solar system and our galaxy and like on the side, you know, like it was so small, you can't even see it. Our galaxy is like huge, but if you see the big picture, our galaxy like small, tiny like dot in the universe, like, and you think like, and we have some problems here on the Earth. We worry about compared to like nothing. Just be happy. Don't worry, be happy right now. <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> what, did I, what did I just watch? Like, he is, he's possessed. He looks possessed. He's, he's talking about the universe, and he looks like he's about to, like, kill somebody. Like, he's, uh, he's a nuts. So, so literally, that is, that's Hudobin, man. Oh, my God. He's, he's like a prodigy. Of, I completely uh, of forgot this, about this of, guy. Of Mr. Oh. Universe here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy's possessed. This guy's a mess. You know, I mean, goalies are always nuts, right? Yeah, but this is a he, whole nother level. He's a whole nother level, <laughs> this though. Is, it's a whole nother level of crazy. Yeah. So he would just... Yes, the universe He would just do a lot of crazy things. things. Yeah. But anyhow, but you know what? That's that's good. It's It, it's, it can be good to have that lightheartedness yeah, around the dressing room. It, it, you know, it can keep things light, keep it fun. Uh, but, but the wind's got to come, too. And I mean, and when the winds went away for him in Philly, they... Bye-bye. Said bye <laughs> to him. And so now I'm wondering, you know, if the Bruins are going to... Uh, you know, look into maybe a new backup. I know Zane McIntyre has been uh, playing great down in Providence. Uh, he's on a tear. The Providence Bruins, uh, by the way, in the AHL, have not lost in regulation in 12 games. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. and I believe McIntyre has been between the pipes for 10 of those games. So he's on a roll. So we could see a change there, I think, with the Boston Bruins soon. But uh, I'd agree. I would agree. They're going to have to get it together. They got the LA Kings in town on Sunday. And you remember last year, it was the same thing. 
when they played the Kings and the Ducks both times back-to-back, they got smoked, both here in Boston and out in the L.A. area in Southern Cal. And uh, both teams just for some reason are able to expose uh, the deficiencies of the Boston Bruins. So uh, big game Sunday between the Bruins and Kings. We'll have you covered on Monday with response to that. Uh, But, of course, the bigger game that everyone t- is talking about is the Broncos. And Sully knew I was going to say it. He's already pressing the button. Uh, is the Broncos and the Patriots. And, um, you know, I thought, I thought Phil had some interesting points there. Uh, I think that could be the key. I mean, you base it on what happened last year. The offensive line is yeah. going to be the X factor. Absolutely. It's not going to be a running back. It's not going to be a wide receiver. 100%. It's not going to be a quarterback. It's going to be the offensive line. And really, offensive line taking care of Von Miller. Like per- That period, end of story, you could cut the whole discussion off there. Because if Tom Brady ends up on his backside like he did last year. A lot. Like, a lot. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Seriously. It'll be, and it'll, instead of being a, a 21-13 game, it's going to be a 14-13 game. And it's just... You can't have that. You can't have that situation. And Skarnecchia being back has to mean something. I mean, they've been playing really well. How, how many times have we had to say, oh, the offensive line has been bad this year? I don't feel like we've never really talked about the offensive line ever, which is a good thing. I don't want to have to talk about right. the offensive line ever. So it has to mean something, and I think it's it's going to have a huge factor. The silent count, that whole topic there, that's it's a legit thing. You know, People, you, you can laugh you can laugh it off, oh, the silent count, the offensive line, but it's, it's a legit thing. So cl- clearly an issue, and I think Skarnecchia helps a lot with that. Did you, you? I see you're looking up the Guy Herbert history here. I, I had, I had to look. Is it Jonas yes. Hiller? Was well, it no, Guy Herbert, Troy, New York, uh, played through what the late '90s. That's where I was thinking of because okay. that's when I was really following hockey. Right. And then the problem is law school gets in the way, and you have to brain dump anything and everything you've ever learned ever <laughs> to make room for everything that they're going to teach you uh, from there. And then I was also confusing in my head with uh, Jean Sebastian. Giger oh, yes. was the other name that I was coming, and, and that was more time relevant. He, um, he was he in was that when they was he the goalie when they won the cup in two thousand seven? I believe he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, yep. he was. That, that's I would. I said Gee Bear. This is who I was thinking of at the time. Okay, because when you go way back, I'm like, no, I'm going back maybe ten years. <laughs> yeah. So you, and you gave me the twenty. Was, you gave one, me the twenty year look. It was one of those uh, <laughs> Quebecers. Yes, Tabernak. Yeah. It was one of the Quebecers. Yeah. Uh, north of the border. Speaking of uh, Montreal, yes, they're getting. We think we've got it bad. So they've got the same weather as us right now. Yeah, but they're getting a foot of Ooh, snow yeah. in the next twenty four hours up there. I don't like that word. Yeah, <laughs> well, they like say it in word. centimeters. I don't know really what the heck it would be in centimeters. <laughs> it's just much. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting though. Huh? Like we're the only ones that don't use a metric system, right? Like the rest of the world, but we're like, nah. We're just going to do this. It's uh, 30 centimeters. 30 centimeters. 30 is centimeters. Yeah. Okay. So they're getting 30 centimeters of snow. Interesting. Which makes it sound a lot worse. <laughs> it sounds, yeah. Makes it sound horrible. Yeah. We're like, I only got a foot. 30 centimeters. Oh, so no. What are we going to do with that? They've got some. Uh, so they're already. I think they were at negative four today. Uh-huh. So they're going to be. Uh, Infrared. I wish I brought the, uh, the Florida weather back with me. I wish I was like just <laughs> remotely working the boards. Hey, dude, from, like I told from Disney like World. I told Kinger on the uh, crossover. It's crazy. I mean, twenty four hours from now, it's going to be warm. Yeah, I mean, I it's going to be like you know Marchish. It's going to be free. It's going to go from freezing to March-ish, snowing April-ish. to slush. Yeah, it's very just, quick. That's New England, <laughs> right, man. But that fifty degrees is going to feel like ninety. We're going to be wearing shorts and tank <laughs> exactly. tops, walking, what happens, you know, man. walking around Boston. Wait, dude, it's warm out. Like, well, actually, it's only thirty eight. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, yeah. I'm going to take the motorcycle out. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, imagine falling off a motorcycle in this cold. I don't want to fall off in warm weather. It's I don't never... want to ride one in this weather. Period. Oh That's... my god. Fifteen feels like negative fifteen. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah, good stuff there. Good stuff. Well, uh, let's cut to break right now. We've got another open segment ahead. So if you want to join us, uh, talk some Patriots, Broncos, uh, and some uh, Bruins or Celtics, whatever you want. We can talk. We'll keep talking about the donkeys and the Broncos here on the stretch run. Stay with us. We'll be back here on ESPN New Hampshire.
and the Seattle Seahawks are the NFC West champions, defeating the Los Angeles Rams by the final score of 24-3. It's the eighth time the Seahawks have won the NFC West and the third in the last four years. Yeah, I was letting them know. You know, you, we, we, we've already seen how that goes. We've seen that. We've seen that. I'm sure you guys have seen that play enough times. So you're letting Bevel know and Pete Well, Bevel came up to me, so okay. we're not going to have that. Thank you. Who fast? And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Justin Sullivan working the boards. Bob Bardis right next door to me here in studio on a Friday as we get ready for Patriots Broncos on Sunday. That's right. We call them the donkeys here. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. You know what? We like the way our man Cole Wright rolls out in L.A. And, uh... He said the power is out at the NFL Network studios right now. I'm wondering, Cole, uh, is that because of the AC you have to use while we freeze here? Uh, it could possibly be, but actually it's it's kind of freezing here today. It's like 62 degrees, man. It was raining Wah. all last night. Wah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, my, you know, my parents, in the meantime, are it's like single digits in, in Chicago. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here complaining about... I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to put a hoodie on when I go outside. Like, I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, actually, they're saying that the weather at game time for the Bears and uh, the Packers is going to ah. be the coldest ever in the history of a Bears game there, eh? It's, it's supposed to be a degree. One degree for the high. So we say, ah, wow. a degree. Wow. <laughs> That Terrible. Is, that's something, my man. That is something. Uh, and that, you know, I'll tell you, too. That game to me, before we get into uh, the game everyone's talking about here and a couple of, and a little of the, the poop fest last night, as uh, Mr. Sherman calls yep. it, uh, I, mm-hmm. I do want to ask you about this Packers-Bears game because the Packers have been starting to rise. I, both of us have made it very clear to our listeners we're not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fans. and uh, Well, not that we're not fans. We just think he's a little overrated. But we give credit yeah, where it's yeah. due. And sure. the man has been playing well as of late, and the Packers have quietly been... Uh, you know, rising up the ranks a little more. But, Cole, I think this is a trap game and a half. It looks like it, doesn't it? You know, and it, it seems like, you know, in in Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers walks on water, and it's probably because, you know, the lakes are frozen in Wisconsin <laughs> right about now. But, uh, you know, if, if you take a look at you know this game, like you said, it does have trap written all over it. It's like Bears, Packers. Like, huh, these teams have matched up more than any two teams in the history of the National Football League. So how's this going to go? Well, throw all the numbers out. Yep. We know this year that you know the Bears are, are are like a landfill fire, not even a dumpster fire. It's like an entire <laughs> landfill that's just burning out of control. And uh, you know, if you, but the, the Packers, they oh, they seem to know how to play them. It's almost like you know, prior you know to Thursday night, it was like the Rams. The Rams had gotten the better of the Seahawks in the last three meetings. How'd that happen? Who in the heck knows? But for somehow, some way, it just always tends to work that way. And if if there's one thing that Aaron Rodgers and, and Mike McCarthy know, it's that this Bears team. Is, is going to be tougher than advertised because right now their advertisements are like an infomercial, like 3 a.m. that's like 10 seconds long. Like, it gets cut off halfway through. <laughs> like, you, don't even, you don't even see what the rest of the advertisement is. Like, I don't even know what's going on with this team. That's exactly what the Bears are right now. So you know, the Packers, they are rolling. Aaron Rodgers, you know, did give another one of his, you know, pretty much like his relaxed speeches, let everybody know we're cool, we're going to win out. You know, will they? That's yet to be determined. Can they? Absolutely. But then there's obviously the team, the Detroit Lions, that they have to, that they're a force right now, and they have to, they have to be reckoned with. Yeah, you know, and, and Cole, let's look at the game last night, and uh, Sherman very vocal heading into, and very vocal Poop heading fest. out of, and very effective on the field. But still, it was as he put it a poop fest for sure, and and, and more so. You look at that Seahawks team right now, man. I don't think you know. I don't think last night is anything to be proud of as they prepare for the playoffs. It's not, but, you know, like, we, like we've always said, all you have to do is get your ticket. Yeah. You know, it's, it's get your ticket to that game and get your ticket to that party. And, like, you know, once you get past those velvet ropes, you know, the, the dress code is off. Like, <laughs> like, like we said before, you know, the Giants, they seem to be that team that sneaks into that black tie party every single year yep. wearing that tuxedo T-shirt. 
You're like, how do they, how do they jerk you here? You know, it's like, uh, so, so that's exactly, you know, where that's at. And all you need to get is a, is, is a ticket to that, that dance. And right now, you know, they, they've clearly won their division. They're in. So, you know, all they need to do is, you know, kind of kind of rest up and get ready for that playoff push. Because when you have Pete Carroll and you, and you have Russell Wilson, you have yourself a ball club. Yeah. And you can't really count those guys out. Because if there's anyone that's the definition of gamer, it's Russell Wilson. And you pair him with his head coach, if they can win. And they they can get there. They've done it before. And Richard Sherman says he thinks that you know things are going to be a little different. And it's going to be a different path to the Super Bowl this year for them if that's where they if that's where they see themselves going. But they do, and they plan they plan on winning it. And I don't I don't doubt these guys. They have, do they have all the faith in their locker room? Of course. Like I was telling my dad the other day, because obviously yesterday I had a game time. I'm like, hey, watch out, man! Because uh, I told him that the Seattle Seahawks are like the bootleg cheap version of the Patriots in the NFC. <laughs> You know, they're like the Patriots are gonna. They're always gonna be there. They're always gonna be winning. And until Bill Belichick and Tom Brady aren't there, you got to watch out. And it, it's just like over in the NFC. Until Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll aren't game planning and still winning games and winning divisions, that's the in the NFC. That's the team you have to watch out for. Go ahead, Bob. Cole, we got one game tomorrow night. Uh, I need a reason to watch this game. Tannehill is out. Moore is in. Fitzpatrick became Fitztragic. And now Bryce Petty is in. And with all the college bowls going on, why why am I tuning into the, the Jets-Miami game? Or, or should I go you know, to bed I, early yeah. and rest up for Christmas shopping? Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe. It depends on how, what your agenda looks like. I don't know if you are trying to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Cause, you know, might, not, might not have enough time. You might be too busy. But, you know, you... you it's just, I think Bryce Petty, I, I want to give this guy a chance. You know, I'm, I'm clearly not Todd Bowles, but, you know, we've seen so little from him. And even in his first outing, it wasn't terrible. The team barely barely lost. So it, we've seen so many worse outings by quarterbacks that everyone seems to just, you know, poo-poo what this guy has. And, you know, well, Bryce Petty, blah, 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 he's not that great. I, I mean, I thought he was you know, a, pretty, a pretty solid college quarterback. And, you know, what I've seen from him so far hasn't been terrible. So you know why don't, why don't we give him a chance? Like I, you know, it's, I hate to see professional athletes that player that people like general fans just want to see fail. It's like oh this guy's garbage. Let's watch this blow up. And it's like why he hasn't even got a chance to succeed yet. Like if you know if say if they, you know for seven weeks in a row if he gives your fantasy team you know under ten points or something like that, and you have a, a at least in your own head if you have a reason to not like this guy, I can see that. But when these when these young kids haven't even played, when I say young kids, that's exactly what they are. I mean, you have a 22 year old guy who is a professional football player. In the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of life, he's a kid. And you have these adults, a 45 year old man, like this guy's a bum. Like look at him, what a loser. I'm like, well, in the meantime, that guy can't throw a ball five yards. So it's like to sit there and and knock down a player like Bryce Petty or a guy like Goff. The professional athletes, man, they're they're doing their best, and you know what what they do to go out there. No easy task. So, you know, Bryce Petty goes out there. I hope he can get the Jets a win because, I mean, that, that Jets fan base certainly needs it. And I, and I predicted Miami to come down and, and be Miami. So, okay. you know, I, I just okay. I need Miami to lose these last two games because that's usually what Miami does. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Hey, let's get into this game here that everyone's focused on, the Patriots and the Broncos. We call them the donkeys here, and that's why you hear that sound, my friend. Uh, we said it throughout the show. Sounds like an old nag out back in the yard. He's like a peppermint, a peppermint stick and carrot or something. I don't know. It, it is like eight degrees out, so okay, it could very well be. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, every time the Patriots are uh, in Denver, including during the Tom Brady era, he's only won two games out of eight there. Two and in seven, right? Yeah, two, two and eight. Two and eight? He's two oh, and six goodness. at an NFL, man. He is two and six. I was at one of those wins. Um it's always something weird that happens, right? It's, it's either them shooting themselves in the foot, it's a bad call by the ref, or, you know, just some kind of freak occurrence happens, and then the Patriots just collapse, and they unravel. And it always seems to be the way it goes there. You know, there's, there's just these places sometimes for certain teams, they go to this building, you know, there used to be the Bruins going to Montreal, it still is a lot of time. Yeah. You know, or, you know, the Celtics when they play the Lakers sometimes. It's just... Some of these things, they just happen, and it, it, you can't explain it. My question to you is, if, you, if you're the Patriots, if you're Brady, and you know this, you've experienced it, do you almost go in and say, okay, you know what? That moment's going to happen, but screw it. We're going to be prepared for it, and we're going we're gonna to stay even keeled, and this is how we're going to react. So how do you go in mentally prepared when you're the New England Patriots playing in Denver? 
you know, if, if I were them, I'd go in there prepared like I would be for any game. Obviously, plan for victory, uh-huh. you know, and that's what and that's what they do. And I think that's that's where their heads will be at. But knowing the track record, I think it will be let's stick to our game plan. If this one gets out of hand, if, if Denver looks like they have this one, I don't think it's it's something that we need to really stress down down the stretch because they're the team that needs this win more than New England. Denver needs this W more than the Patriots do. This, yeah. we, this we know. Now, so they're going to be the team that's scratching and clawing. So there's going to be more of a sense of urgency from the very onset for Denver rather than New England. So I think the Patriots just need to, you know, just it's all about preparedness, and that's the team that is as prepared as any squad that we've ever seen in any sport. So I think if they go out there and let the game come to them, which I don't have any doubt, you know, obviously we've seen, you know, Tom Brady's record is not stellar against against the Broncos in Denver, but this Bronco team. Not the same Bronco team that we're used to seeing. I mean, we talked about that in weeks past. You know, their their offense not really there. Their running game seems to be kind of absent right about now. And if you know you want to hey, put put a, 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 the, the the load on on Trevor Simeon's shoulders, then go ahead and do that. Is, is he the guy that you're really going to you know circle your wagons around? I don't, I don't know. So I think you know Tom Brady's off performances in in Mile High is this something that's going to continue? We'll see. I mean, I'm sure Bill Belichick and the Patriots and all the Patriots fans hope that it's not, but I think it, there could be a, a combination of things. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to work out with one of those high-altitude masks. No, I have not. <laughs> I've, I've tried to drink with one. <laughs> well, let me tell you. I, I, after, like, I, maybe if you're a normal like, 10-drink guy, let me tell you, you'd probably be able to get two drinks in. Yes, that thing on yep, your face. I, so I know. I can only imagine what playing a game in that altitude would be like. Because uh-huh. I... I I tried to put one of those things on just to jump rope with one day. I got about one sixteenth into my regular jump rope routine and was grasping at the back before I fell out. And it was the guy on the floor and like where people were like, "Hey, did you see that guy at the gym today?" Because yeah, that was going to be me in about five more seconds if I didn't get that thing off my face. That is awesome. So man. I think that, I think that that could be one of the, one of the determining factors. I think it's. Maybe in elevation. No, Tom Brady doesn't like playing in elevation. You know, who cares? Like, let's hurry up. Let's get this game over with. Let's get the heck out of Dodge. All right, you got a prediction for that game? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Patriots twenty one, Broncos twelve. Ooh, Ooh. Hey. so so all three of us. All right, pick thirteen for the Broncos part. And, and you were one off. We we're like, oh my god! Don't tell me he's going to do thirteen. It would have been like we got to we got to just bet on this or something. If you said no, 13. I, I think it's I think it's going to be a touchdown and two field goals. Okay, but I, I was off on the on the score last week, but I was right on the one score game. You were. Game. You were. How about that? And you were close, man. You were close. You were close. How about you, it? You can Came thank Cyrus Jones for that, eh? Oh. I know, right? You, you retweeted me. You're, you're quick to put me on notice for that one. <laughs> hey, listen, buddy. Always a pleasure. Enjoy the football this weekend, and uh, good luck in that wonderful weather. We hope you're okay. Absolutely. You the same, guys. Have uh, fun tonight. All right. That hey, is Cole Wright. Join us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We get back. We're going we're gonna to head west again to the Rocky Mountains, to Denver, and talk to our man Nick Bloke from the Denver Post here on the Stretch Run.